This is episode four of the Mia's Mom podcast. I cannot believe that we've already been doing this for a whole month. My name is Cambry and I'm the host of this podcast. Welcome. Last Wednesday, I wanted to start off and say um, was mine and Drew's nine-year wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary to us. We are pretty low-key on anniversaries. We don't do a whole lot, but... I did dress up as Luigi to pick him up from work. Jack was Mario, and that's a pretty common occurrence around our house is for us to dress up in our, um, this was our Halloween costumes last year, but since it was a special occasion, since it was our wedding anniversary, I did draw mustaches on Jack and myself, so that was really special, but happy anniversary, Drew. I love you. Today is the first official day of spring, and even though it's still chilly here in North Carolina, I am looking forward to the weather warming up a little bit. Spring is officially from March 20th to June 20th, so I thought it might be fun to share some of our items on our spring bucket list. Drew and I always sit down together in the fall, in the winter, to write out a bucket list, but we've never really thought to do one in the spring or the summer seasons. Honestly, fall and winter are totally my jam. I know that I'm in the minority here, but I thrive in cooler months and the spring and the summer months are when I kind of fall into a slump, which I know is crazy, but I thought that maybe if we created a bucket list for spring and summer that that might help me enjoy the warmer months a little bit more. Our bucket list usually consists of mostly fun stuff, but also a few things that need to be done or have to be done. So if you're looking for some fun things to do this spring, maybe you'll get some ideas here. I'm going to leave some space for you in stories to share some of your bucket list items. So you can head over there. It's at me as mom pod on Instagram. So please share them with me and I'll share them um, after the story has gone away. I'll share them with everybody else, all of the responses. I am a huge list maker. I love making lists. I have made lists my entire life, but it's really important for me to remember that These fun seasonal bucket lists are just a wish list of things to do, and it's not something that I have to check off every single thing. It's more of a go with the flow, and in the past, it has actually helped us try things more. I usually try to shoot for around 10 items on my bucket list. So for spring, we have go on a picnic. We've never done that before with Jack. Uh, Drew and I have been on several picnics together, but Jack has never been on one. So I think that that would be really fun. Um, Number two is make bird feeders. We have a bird feeder in our backyard that we fill up regularly, but I think it would be fun to, um, I've seen like on Pinterest and on Instagram where you can make bird feeders. I'll probably end up showing that on Instagram if and when we end up making that. Number three, so a couple of these are things that I know for sure we're going to do. Number three is go to the zoo and we usually do that for Jack's birthday. The zoo is about an hour and a half or like two hours from where we live. So that's kind of like a bigger trip for us to go on, a bigger day trip and that's always fun to do once a year. So that's number three. Number four is decorate Easter eggs, another one that we do every single year that's really fun. Number five is make a spring craft. 
I do want to do a plug for Jack's Crafty Mom here really quickly. I make crafty kits and I have a spring crafty kit available right now. Today is the last day to order it. It is, you have two options to pick from. One is a handprint that you can turn into a little bunny. And the other one is a footprint that you can turn into a carrot. So these are really great options if you want a super easy, quick craft that turns out really cute. Whenever you get the kit, it is 90% done. I prepaid a canvas for you. You get all of the supplies that you need for the craft. All you have to do is paint a hand or a footprint, stamp it to the canvas, and then glue on a couple of things after your print has dried. So that is a really easy spring craft if you also want to make a spring craft. And it is a really good option to stuff in an Easter basket. So just putting that out there. Today is the last day to order. If you're interested, you can go to at Jack's Crafty Mom on Instagram or you can message me on Facebook if we are Facebook friends, um, just Cambry Davidson. Number six on our spring bucket list is eat dinner in the backyard. This is not something that we do a lot, but I do always enjoy when it happens. We usually do it more like in the fall when the weather is cooling off after summer months, but we don't really do it in the spring. So I thought that that would be fun. Number seven, go to a college baseball game. We have several colleges around where we live, and Drew has been to a college baseball game, but I have not. So I think that that would be really fun to take Jack to. We took him to his first Razorback basketball game a couple of months ago, and it was really fun, but I think he'll like being outside a little bit better. Um, So that is number seven. Number eight, this is one of those ones that has to be done, but clean up the backyard We live in a rental and our landlord is the absolute best. She fenced our backyard, but we do have to do a couple of things to keep up with it. Um, Raking leaves, power washing stuff. Um, We might plan a few things. I don't know, but just kind of make the space a little bit more inviting and make me want to be outside a little bit more because I do not want to be outside whenever it is super hot outside. Number nine, feed ducks. I do not think that Jack and I have ever done this. Drew and I have done this before. I don't even know if that is possible around where we live, but I'm going to I'm going to look and see. I think that that would be fun if we could take some stuff to go feed the ducks. Number 10, visit the farmers market. Again, there's several farmers markets around where we live, and we do usually try to do this um, more in like the spring and the summer times, but We have a couple of like really good farmer's markets around us, so that is something that I want to do a little bit more consistently in the spring. Number 11 is watch and read Peter Cottontail. I grew up watching Peter Cottontail, and my aunt got Jack a book last year that's like the Peter Cottontail book. Um, The pictures are way better in the book than on the the movie that I grew up watching, Um, but I'm, I'm really interested to read this with Jack this year. He read it a couple of times last year but he wasn't really into the movie whenever I tried to watch it with him Um, but I think that this year he might be a little bit more into it so that is it for our bucket list I'm always interested in adding some more stuff so please let me know if you have any fun trips or activities planned for this coming spring 
So this is something I thought would be fun. I put a question box up on my Instagram stories last week and I did get a few questions. It was kind of like a ask me anything type of deal. Um, so I'm going to read those questions on here now and answer them on the podcast so you can listen. The first question was kind of a two-parter. Is there anything you wish you would have done before you had a baby or is there anything you did do pre-baby that you would recommend? I think that my short answer is no. There isn't anything that I wish that we would have done before we had kids. I would love to have Drew on here sometime. He did say that he would come on. So it's just a matter of time before he's actually on here. Um, So I'm going to tuck this question away and try to remember to ask him to see if his answer is different. We did never go on a honeymoon and it's something that I joke about a lot, but it doesn't really bother me. People told us to do it before we had kids, but we'll do it when we can do it. And we've thought about maybe doing a trip next year for our 10 year wedding anniversary. We have a lot going on next year, so I'm not sure if that's something that could happen next year or not, but maybe for year 11. Drew always tells me that we got a five-year honeymoon in New Orleans, but I am super quick to correct him that that does not count. One thing that we did do pre-baby, this is probably not what you were asking, but I am so thankful that Drew and I learned how to communicate so well. It was something that took a lot of time and practice in our marriage, and I'm really glad that we did have that tool going forward into parenthood, and I'm glad that we didn't We just really soaked up our relationship and our marriage. When we were dating, all I wanted to do was get married. And Drew has told me before that he was a little bit nervous that as soon as we got married, I would be ready to have kids. And this was like the 1% chance that Drew was wrong. I just, I loved every second of our relationship before we had kids. I mentioned that, I think in my Baby D episode, But I'm so happy that neither of us sat around wishing for the future to come quicker. Time goes by so fast and I'm happy that we just enjoyed each other. Again, that's probably not what you were asking for whenever you asked if we did something pre-baby. But I'm happy that we didn't rush things and that we learned how to communicate really well. The next one is, what is your favorite mom hack? I don't know if this is considered a hack, but when Jack was younger and taking multiple naps a day, I think at one point he was taking like three naps a day or something, I would always, always, always nap during his first nap. Literally every single day, I felt really guilty about doing it at first or I felt guilty telling people that I did that, but it made me so much more sane. Um, It helped me get through the day and it helped me be a better mom to him when he was awake. So I really recommend if you get the chance to take a nap, do not feel guilty about it. It's going to help you be a better person and be a better mom to your kid. So I don't know if that's a, a mom hack, but when Jack was younger, definitely napping. Now that he's a toddler, I love using a timer. We use it for when it's time to take a bath, when it's time to leave the park, time to put a toy away. We literally use it for everything. And it's perfect because I can verbally tell Jack that I'm setting a timer for so many minutes. And he watches me set the timer and he can see that it's counting down. And then once it goes off, he understands that it's time to move on. So I always let him be the one that pushes the button to turn it off and it makes the transitions Um, so much easier. Also, snacks. Always have snacks. (laughs) Number three, what was your biggest struggle postpartum? 
I think that my biggest struggle was being alone so much. I mentioned in Jack's episode last week that we didn't have any friends or family nearby to help or even to come visit. I FaceTimed a lot with my sister and with my mom and occasionally with other family members and friends, but physically I was by myself a lot um, with Jack, but by myself, no other adults a lot. Drew is a postdoc here in North Carolina and COVID really put his work behind schedule. For probably the first four or five months of Jack's life, Drew would wake up at 5 a.m. when Jack woke up. Um, Jack and I would take him to work. We only have one car, so we did and still do a lot of carpooling. And then he would, Drew would work all day, literally all day. We would pick him up um, at 11 p.m. regularly, and it was really hard for both of us. It was hard for Drew, and it was hard for me. Drew was not getting to see Jack a whole lot, and on the opposite side of that, I was with Jack all day and not getting a lot of other (laughs) adult interactions, and it was really lonely for me, but since then, Drew has cut way back for how much he works, But yeah, being alone was probably my biggest struggle postpartum. Number four, I think it's really cool how you've prioritized your mental health while being literally the best mom. So if you could talk a little bit about that. That is really sweet of you to say. I don't think that I'm the best mom, but I try really hard to be the best mom that I can be to Jack. Seeing a therapist is something that I started early last year, probably about a year ago. Um, I am an Enneagram 2 and I always, always, always prioritize other people above myself. It's not easy for me to ask for help. And early last year, I realized how much anxiety, depression, and loneliness I was experiencing. I love being there for other people, but it began um, to cause a lot of anxiety. And I told Drew that I think that I would benefit from seeing a therapist, and he was fully supportive of that. Therapy is such a great resource for so many different things. I think it can be beneficial for almost anyone. My therapist really helped me organize my anxious thoughts and helped me get to the root of what was causing them. So she gave me practices to implement in my life that helped me when I started to have anxious thoughts. She helped me have more healthy thoughts about people and relationships in my life. And she helped me get through the first time that I had to take a trip without Jack, which was huge. But yeah, she helped me put myself out there in making friends. I am so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for therapy. When I first started going to therapy, I was going weekly. And then around November of last year, I moved to twice a month. And finally, I got to where I was going just once a month, and it felt like I didn't have a whole lot to share with her. It was mostly updates about good things going on, more of like the good practices that I'm still using when the bad thoughts do creep in, and less and less about me seeking help from her. So I did decide to put a pause on my therapy for a little while. I told her if I started to feel anxious or depressed, or if I just needed somebody to talk to, that I would definitely make an appointment with her and restart visits. And that's the great thing about therapy. It can be for as long or as short as you need. I use a therapy service called ThriveWorks. 
Um, they offer in-person and online options, and they're available in 40 states. When I was using ThriveWorks, I was using their online service, and this was a great option for me since when I started therapy, Jack was still unvaccinated, and we were still trying to um, isolate as much as we could. My appointments were on Saturday mornings, so I could video chat in my pajamas. I didn't have to get ready. Um, I could have like an actual mug of coffee. That's how I prefer to drink coffee is like out of my favorite coffee mug. And it just felt really comfortable for me. Um, Drew was here at home with Jack and could watch him and I could have my full attention on myself in this appointment. So it was great. And I really recommend ThriveWorks. Also, speaking of therapy, I've wanted to share this for a while, but I haven't had the right platform, and I didn't want to have to repeat it over and over on different social media accounts, because um, I have three now. <laughs> I have my personal one, I have Jack's Crafty Mom, and I have Mia's Mom Pod, so I didn't want to have to repeat it over and over and on Facebook. This seemed like the perfect space and the opportunity to give an update on Jack. So Jack turned two last May. Um, I mentioned on here before that he was a true COVID baby and he spent a large portion of his beginning beginning at home. He was isolated from other people, isolated from other kids, and he has always been delayed in his speech, but it wasn't something that we were ever really worried about. At his routine appointments, I always told his pediatrician, if you're not worried about it, then I'm not worried about it. But the second you are worried about it, Drew and I will do whatever we need to do. And we went in at his two-year appointment and his pediatrician said that she thought that it would probably be a good idea to visit with a speech therapist just to get everything checked out. And I had heard through several speech therapists on Instagram. I am uh, Instagram friends with a couple of speech therapists and they had mentioned that a lot of kids were having speech delays during COVID because of all of the masks. Since kids aren't able to see mouths move with masks on that that might cause like some delays. So we called that day to make an appointment and there was a wait list but in July of last year we got an appointment with a speech therapist. She did an evaluation on Jack and was immediately upfront with us that she thought that he was showing signs of apraxia of speech which is a speech sound disorder. I'll read the definition from Mayo Clinic. Childhood apraxia of speech is an uncommon speech disorder in which a child has difficulty making accurate movements when speaking. The brain struggles to develop plans for speech movement. With this disorder, the speech muscles aren't weak, but they don't perform normally because the brain has difficulty directing or coordinating the movements. I've already talked to Jack's speech therapist, and she's going to come on here at some point to talk about speech delays and apraxia. We have been going to speech therapy at least once a week since July of last year, and Jack was officially diagnosed with apraxia earlier this year. When Jack first started going to speech in July, he was saying about 10 to 15 words. He has made so much progress since then. While his words aren't perfectly clear, he's regularly saying two-worded sentences and even says three and four-worded sentences now, which is huge. He has gained so much confidence in trying to pronounce new words, and he absolutely loves going to his speech therapy appointments. We always try to guess what games his speech therapist has picked out for him that day. Um, we kind of make it into like a little guessing game. He loves going. 
No parent wants to see their child struggle, especially with something that they don't know a lot about. Jack's diagnosis was a shock and honestly a little bit scary, but Drew and I both came to the conclusion really early on that there isn't anything to panic about. Worrying about his development or how people treat him because of his disability won't help him or us at all. We can support Jack by loving him and by taking him to his speech therapy appointments regularly and practicing those skills that we do learn in speech therapy at home. I'm excited to learn more about apraxia um, and speech delays in general in a later episode when Jack's speech therapist joins us. Thank you guys so much for answering those questions on Instagram. I do plan on doing that occasionally um, on episodes, so you can go follow along on Instagram. It is at meismompod so that you don't miss out on any chances to ask questions. I'm so excited to be back next week with the first guest. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.